fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Heidi Ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 425. It's the Detroit Lions moral victory or progress question. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit, we think. I'm your host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff, the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? It is good to be back with you on what may or may not be the official podcast of Reddit or whatever, where, where, wherever we are. It's good all good, time. man. Good um, it's fun. I raced here from the huge show to... Uh, to, to talk more lions, which is uh, it, it's the highlight of my day. Chris. I'm in love with huge, but we'll talk. Well, 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 someday, someday we'll talk about that. I, but what a what a dude, what a dude. Yeah, can't, can I thank Bill enough for uh, all the platforms that he's given me? So thanks, yeah. Bill. Yeah, thanks, Bill. He deserves it. <laughs> all right. Today's show, we got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles game. There was a lot that happened. There's a lot of things to see and talk about. And there's a lot of angles to this. Uh, moral victory of progress, right? That's, that's the big question, but we'll talk about some of the details on this as well. With that, we're going to talk about Swift, DeAndre Swift. Oof, looking good. Oh, J, uh, Jeff Okuda, the defense, Jared Goff, wide receivers, hold on, we're going to cover all that stuff. We got the question about, is this a moral victory of progress? We're going to put that to you, and we're going to talk about it from our you know our perspectives as well, give you our thoughts, but we definitely want to hear from you on that. Also, we're going to look ahead to the Washington commodes as we are supposed to be favorites we shall flush them away May, might need a plunger but they will get down that down that no gag. floaters <laughs> no turds <laughs> all right we got a great show lined up riz you ready to go my man oh yeah let's do it let's kick this off and break it down Woo! all right we got this uh, a lot of good stuff in chats already how you do, Jason? Good to see you. Great, great to have you with us. We've got Brandon Howdy Duty lines, not Duty Sunday. That's right, brother. Uh, let's go right to it. We got to talk about what's going on first. Just really quick, get ready this week. I need some help. If you want to volunteer to help, let me know. We need a couple people. Uh, we're going to be doing the big scavenger hunt for St. Jude. We're going to raise some big money for them, and we need your help to do it. If you want to be a team on the scavenger hunt, get yourself a team of four you can, you can go with less but you you got to pay the full entry fee all the money from the entry fee will go to saint jude raising money for sick kids uh we'll do our uh 24-hour show on the 14th and 15th of uh, october during the bye week of the lions so you get to have one great- month from today chris one month wow it's flying at us it's flying at us um i feel like i'm in hyperspace in the millennium falcon <laughs> captain kirk over my shoulder I don't know if I got anybody triggered. Uh, <laughs> I love doing that. I know Case would have a Twitch eye, a Twitch and eye right now. Anyway, we got all that going on. Got a really, really good stuff uh, with with uh, the St. Jude thing. Great guests, the whole thing. And uh, I want you to join us and push it over the $100,000 total raised mark this year. It's, um, it's got some fun stuff, as always. So uh, check that out. Coming this week, in the next seven days, we will put open up the entries to that. And you'll get a really nifty T-shirt, Riz. So what the, why wouldn't you do it? Right? I like t-shirts. I need more new t-shirts. That's yeah. good. It's good for us. All right. Let's get into it. I don't know if you recognize this, but 
The Lions played the Eagles for the first week of the NFL season this week, Riz. Did you see anything or hear anything about that? It, it was the Griffin game. You got the Lions versus the Eagles. I, I live here in the Grand Rapids area. We got the Griffins as our top minor league hockey team. I kept trying to find a way to incorporate Griffin into it, and I, I failed. It was sad. <laughs> all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go Griffins. No, go away, Griffins. Um, all right. So let's let's we'll talk about this game. There's a lot to cover, and there's a whole whole ton of stuff to to, to to kind of break out. I want to start first off with something we've talked about before. Two key things to think about. Number one, the game one of the regular season is fool's gold. Understand that. Um, overall teams that rested their starters for the entire preseason are 6-13 and 13 in week one over the last two seasons. 6-13. and 13. Um, Does that mean something? Well, it seems to. Does it mean anything for the entirety of the season? We don't have the data, but probably not. Uh, do they actually help guys not get injured? Who knows? That's just kind of something we're looking at. So when you do that, you think it doesn't, doesn't appear to be with Detroit on the injury front there. <laughs> yeah, oh God, yeah. Um, but with that, you look at the you look at the you know the record, and you say, okay, that that seems to be you know it's 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 double the losses to the wins. That seems to be statistically significant in, in the first week. I think it just adds to the whole concept of fool's gold teams kind of getting that extra, the last preseason game out of the way during the regular season, kind of getting up to speed. So I think there's, there's a lot to that. And I just think that the teams aren't quite there. And I think we'll get around to that a little bit in our conversation about the players and how the team played and the kind of evolution through the game. Cause it wasn't just, a game where they played in one way. This was almost three games in in 60 minutes for the Lions. So we'll do that. In the meantime, we really, really want to ask you guys. We're going to get to this ourselves, but we want to start with you and guys and gals. We want you to go to the chat or the comments. Okay. And we want to know what you think. Was this game a moral victory for the Lions or was it progress? Because it feels like that's two of the, the ways that people are leaning on what this could have been. Moral victory for the Lions good or bad with your thoughts on a moral victory or was it progress for the team so hit us up in the chat hit us up in the comments let us know what you think on on that one um the other thing is besides fool's gold this is and i'll use my numbers because they're different than yours this is a seven to nine win team this year let's just understand the the eagles are a playoff bound team they're a playoff team last year we did in the end the at, we came out not so bad so we're good we're good we're not relax. I, We're there. I will take going from 44 to six last Thanksgiving or Halloween. I always mix those holidays up. It's Halloween. <laughs> it's it's Halloween. It was, it was a nightmare. Um, it was just epically bad. Probably the lowest point of last year in a series of yeah. low points. Yeah. This time they lost 38 to 35. And guess what? The Eagles got better. Like that, that that's the team that can win the NFC. Yep. Like they're yep. good. And they're and specifically they're good where the Lions are going to struggle. They're good with their defensive line. They're good on their offensive line. They have a quarterback. This you you could have told me I was we were playing Lamar Jackson this week, and I would have believed you. Um, his hurts ability was phenomenal, and uh, the Lions don't have an answer for that. The 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 Lions are not going to be the only team they do that to. They're going to put up a lot of points this year, and I was impressed with how the Lions. After well, you talk about the three different games, the first drive for the Lions, phenomenal. Next three drives are absolute. We're floating in the toilet bowl, um, and, and that's got to end. That, that was bad. No turds. But then, after, <laughs> then after that, 
I thought I thought we were good. I thought we were were heads up against them. And honestly, you know, just a couple of you know, if we stop Miles Sanders on third down, if we if Josh Reynolds catches that pass from Jared Goff, Ooh. it's a different outcome. We're looking we're looking at a Lions win. Yeah. And and the fact that they they screwed up so badly early and stayed with it and still got back. Um, and, and the, the, the there was I, I saw some talk about there was no garbage time in this game like they got back in it early enough that it wasn't really garbage time yep. uh, and you saw it at the end they came up big when they needed to they didn't come up big enough and that's where you're talking about is it a moral victory or is it just progress or is it some amalgamation of both of those maybe you can help me because I mean this is one of my key components to garbage time how many plays did Philadelphia put a prevent defense out there. They did not put one once. Hmm. Oh, that's weird. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's get into it. Let's start talking about some of the Lions players. Uh, first off, we have to talk about DeAndre Swift, FedEx Player of the Week, second place. Uh, I, I thought he'd get it, but I mean, uh, what's his face from the Colts? More carries, right? I mean, he more carries, more yards, and his yards per carry were not nearly as high. But I would, I would give DeAndre Swift the and uh, the yeah, year. and uh, by the way, their team didn't win either. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Running game is no longer valuable in the NFL. <laughs> if if it's your lead, yeah. correct. If 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 your run game is better than your pass game, it's not good for your offense. Yes, and we might we might be dealing with that some this year, unfortunately. Yep. yep. So DeAndre Swift out there. We were talked about this in the in the in the post game a little bit, Riz, and this is something that stuck with me. Looking at hard knocks, that coaching, that hard coaching, that. Uh, DeAndre Swift got from Deuce and you saw the look in his face and his eyes. There's a lot of people concerned about, whoa, is he is he breaking this poor guy? Right. Is is and some people saying Swift was soft. And I was like, oh, that's, he ain't soft. You know, don't you don't become so. an NFL running back by being soft. But so it's like, OK, is he soft? Is he hurt? Can he do it? And then you saw him do literally what Deuce was yelling at him to do. And I and I wish, damn it, I didn't do it. I wanted to go back and screen cap that picture of Deuce and Swift on the sideline when Deuce was looking at the surface. And he turns and he looks at uh, at Swift. He's like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like he was, it was, it was a moment. And Swift was lit up like a tree. He was so happy and ex- and excited. I mean, you see that connection between coach and Swift. And it was, it's like, wow, this really is working. This is great. Man. I love that the coach recognized and that he took to the coaching because it's not always easy coaching. It's not all sunshine and flowers. Yep. You know, sometimes you're going to get a hot poker where you don't want it and he needed it and it worked. And I, I, I was so thrilled with how well he stayed with the initial hole, how he attacked where the, where the play was designed to go. And that's that's exactly what you want to see from your running. That's the way this offense is designed. Pretty much all NFL offenses now with your running back is designed. If he goes where the hole is supposed to be and the blocking holds holds true to what it's designed to do, that's where you make it. Now, where you can get funky and have a, a guy like like Barry used to do. Barry could Barry could go anywhere on any play. You don't see really guys like that. You see Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, a great example of a guy, good offensive line there in Indianapolis. He knows exactly where the line is going to put and, and be that he can react off of. Sure. You saw that from Swift for the most part. There were a couple of runs, um, and they came, unfortunately, in that lull where he didn't trust his blocking, and he went a little bit off center. He was the, There was one where he was, spo- he was supposed to bounce that to the far outside to the right. He had Jonah Jackson pulling around. The tight end locked it up, and he cut it back inside, and it looked like Brock Wright missed his block. No, Brock Wright was where he was supposed to be, 
Swift went back inside. And, and yep. uh, 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 look, I don't want to dog DeAndre because he had, a, he had a phenomenal game running the ball. But even then, there's still room for improvement. Yeah. And that's uh, and that he's going to he's going to see that. You better believe they're going to they're show sure met on that. Like, hey, if you stay with that block, Brock Wright is hitting that guy. You got five yards on the outside with before you're touched. But you run, you cut back into the inside right where the safety was waiting for you. Like that's that's where Swift has struggled throughout his career. And uh, like he saw so much good from him. And I, I, I was very encouraged by that. Getting a glimpse of that ceiling is just like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. you're like, this is this is this isn't even as good as you can get. This is great. And I, I saw a lot of people comparing him. One of the best running backs they've seen in the Lions history. He has the potential. If he can continue this and follow through like this, oh, yeah. he has all the potential. His ceiling is is up there to be one of the very, very, very best. Stinks that he wasted years with Patricia and so on. There's there is an emergency right now in the chat and we have to get on this. Um Riz, there's a lot of questions about that hat. That looks a lot like a commodes hat. Can can we maybe do something about oh, that? Oh no, that that is that is Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh god. Sorry. I'm sorry, folks. This is this is just poor color choice on Riz's part. It we, is. Hold, we hold appreciate on. the hair so Stand much. All right. all right. All right. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stuck off screen here. Oh, I told you we'd get taken care of. Here we go. Okay. We're good. Okay. Phew. Had to get ourselves right. back to wardrobe. Man, that looks great. You look great today, Riz. Way better than I thought. I was yeah. I was wrong earlier. You, you your ceiling is way higher than. <laughs> we'll, we'll go for the Dream Theater hat for the the five of you out there who know the Majesty logo. <laughs> no Dream Theater. <laughs> All right, De- DeAndre Swift. Anything else we want to talk about with DeAndre? I mean, he brought it. He was the guy, and he deserves all the praise because he got rid ho- ridden hard over the off season. One game. There's still sixteen more to go, but what we saw today was well worth a lot of praise. Oh. 144 yards on, I think it was, what, 18 carries? That's, 15, that's phenomenal. 15. Again, there is still room for improvement, and I do blame him for the, the pick six because he didn't run a route. He just stood there off the line, and that allowed the cornerback that was covering him as an outside receiver to bleed back and make the, the tip drill pick. Otherwise, if, if Swift does anything on that route, it's not an interception. And and that that's the thing, and I know, I know Deuce Staley is going over this. The attention to detail is something that Deuce Staley harps on. It's one of the reasons why Jermar Jefferson isn't on the active roster. It's one of the reasons why they got rid of Greg Bell quickly, even even before he got hurt. Like that that's the type of thing, like you've got to bring it on because every single play matters. Even if you're not involved in the play, you've got to do your part. And Swift didn't do that on a couple of plays. And it for me, it's sullied, but it was otherwise a phenomenal game from 32. And I hope that he sees that and and pays attention and and fixes it and i i know it's gonna get coached on but man i i'm so encouraged by how well he ran the ball by how he trusted the blocking how how he wasn't necessarily afraid of contact there were a lot of things that we saw from deandre swift that we haven't seen before and if he keeps that up it's gonna be good yeah yeah i mean he was out there doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes i will beat your ass that's right that was that was swift out there all day now um Brandon, review of the Eagles fans are all upset about the run defense. <laughs> the Eagles are rightfully so, right? I mean, they came in pretty hot, pretty excited. They were, you know, ah, we crushed them. This is an easy win. We're walking through it. They are having some hard questions to answer right now because, well, frankly, the Lions put 35 points up, 35 points on that vaunted 
Eagles defense. And look, if that defense, again, it's week one, so you got a little fool's gold going, but if that defense is stout the rest of the year, I mean, it, 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 it says a lot. It says a lot. They their about defensive line is really good, and their safety is really good. Their linebackers are trash, too. And you see, you saw it both ways in that game. If you don't have good linebackers, the other team's going to have some success running the ball. The Lions took advantage of it, and the, the Eagles certainly did, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love I love linebackers are trash everywhere, and, and you just love it. <laughs> I love that you love it. <laughs> It's, it's it's not everywhere. Um, I will give I will begrudgingly give the Bears a little bit of credit. Their linebackers played outstanding against San Francisco, and the Bears tip the hat to them. They got a win. They might not get another one, but they got one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chiefs scored more touchdowns. It's the only team that did. That's awesome. Yeah. Eagles fans are saying that our offensive line is the real deal. It absolutely is. And um, yeah. I just have to say, I mean, they looked good out there. They they looked good even. Even with an injury replacement for Big V, I mean, yeah, and and so let's talk a little bit about Stenberg and his zero point zero pass block grade from Pro Football Focus PFF. That's so that's really harsh on him. Look, I don't think he played well. Uh, I, I think he reverted to some bad habits, specifically when he's engaged with a defender, he doesn't move his feet. You saw some of that, especially when it was matched up with Jordan Davis, um, or not. I'm sorry, not Jordan Davis, Milton Williams on the inside. Milton's a quick guy, and if Stenberg, if you're not keeping your feet moving and staying up on your toes, you're going to get cooked, and he did. But 0.0, I'm like, he, he wasn't that bad, and we're going to have to get used to him because he's going to be the starter for the foreseeable future, if not the rest of the season. Uh, and, you know, look, an offensive line is only ever as good as its weakest point because you can, you can find ways to attack it and uh, not to look too far ahead, but – the strength of the Washington Commanders is their defensive line. They're really, really, really good up front. They're not all that good anywhere else, but their defensive – like they spent four first-round draft picks in a row on their defensive line. All four of them can play. One of them won't because Chase Young's out. But yeah. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, all those dudes can ball. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a challenge for Logan Stenberg in the line this week. And uh, – I'm looking forward to it. I hope that he rises. I think he's going to play better. I think that uh, he's going to be over the shock of, oh, my God, I'm playing against, like, all these guys now. Um, and I, I saw him get better as the game went on. But the uh, the 0.0 was a little harsh. So I, I would have given him – look, I they've really, changed their grading system yeah. since I went through their training, which was, like, seven years ago. Um, but I, I know the understand, I understand the principles of it. He wasn't that bad. And I, I'm hoping also – there was a couple other things – they dogged Okuda for a couple of uh, passes that weren't clearly weren't at him. Yeah. Um, they, they they dogged Hawkinson for a play that it wasn't his fault. They uh, uh, their game charter for the initial review, anyways. Um, I think he needs to get checked a little bit. They, I, I really think that PFF dropped a Stanley Steamer for the the Lions ratings this 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 game this week for Week One. I, I was I was just squinting and shaking my head i'm like why are we paying for this service <laughs> this is it, this seems this seems just it, it was not their best week objectively speaking from grading like i go through and i went through and and we'll talk about what i do with okuda but i'm like you're you're watching a different player than i am are you confusing him with will harris are you confusing him yeah. with, with with uh with mike hughes who I actually also thought played pretty well <laughs> let's talk about jeff okuda I thought okay. uh, he looked really good out there. Look, I recognize there's a play 
that everyone, you know, it was, it's easy to tell because of you, you know, you get the, the overhead shot on TV and it's funny. I love how much people complain when they get the field level shot and you're like, well, that's what the players see. Uh, but you get the high level shot and they're like, Oh, look at all that cushion he put up. Yeah. You know what? He did have a play in which he put all kinds of cushion out there and gave uh, the, the, the wide receiver a lot of cushion, but you know what? How many throws hit against him how many receptions were were against okuda he had he had three receptions on him there's a debatable fourth one um and i covered i wrote this up for lions where you can check it out there it's it's i broke down jeff okuda's thing um it was a it was a screen pass to dallas goddard where rodrigo got stuck inside because he bit on the fake and and okuda sensed it before everybody else and just simply because he was alert and and aware of the play got there before anybody else did which in pro football focuses system he's the closest defender at the time that the catch was made so the catch is on him i've watched them practice i've watched them practice against that specific play he's the third guy in there that should be deshaun elliott and uh and rodrigo that that were primarily in coverage there okuda was just better than them on that play and he gets penalized for it in in their eyes yeah Um, that was that was but so Devontae smith four passes thrown his way not one completion one pass defended um and, and let's go back to the one where he gave up the cushion do you think that jeff okuda chose to give that much cushion or that he was told to give that much cushion that's interesting that's interesting because if you look on the other side, Amani was also 12 yards off on third and 10. That's really just saying. I hadn't just even, saying. Yep. That's that is not necessarily Jeff Okuda's choice. That's Aaron Glenn's choice. And some of the rationale behind that is is that you don't ex- you expect your pass rush first off to get there. You want him coming downhill because you're expecting a quicker pass where it's you, you don't want to get beat over the top because your safeties are coming yeah. up to, to jam and 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 play the inside inside of the field. So you're hoping that the the rush gets there so they're throwing that ball where the receiver it's AJ Brown was only 6 or 7 yards down the field and Okuda is coming downhill to make a tackle on him. That's the defensive principle at play there. So don't get on Jeff for playing off. That's a schematic design. It's a, I would argue it's a schematic failure, but that's not Okuda's fault. That's Aaron Glenn's fault. And I think, um, so, so put the blame where it belongs, folks. I think the one thing about Jeff Okuda that is getting overlooked is this is his first game in a year after an injury that ended more careers over the history of the NFL than people who've recovered from it. And he came back and played like a number one cornerback, cornerback for, yes, the, for the Lions against a really good offense in the Eagles. And you couldn't tell he was hurt. It's a testament to his grit, his desire, his never going to stop, never going to never going to give it up, never going to let you down spirit. And and frankly, his his just determination to get there and, and medical medical uh, excellence these days, too. I just I am immensely impressed that anybody Jeff Okuda or otherwise could come back and play like he did a year after what he suffered as an injury. So um, whatever, you know, aside, if you need too much cushion, otherwise you want to, you want to curse him or whatever else, that's fine. But I thought in the circumstances of what he was as a cornerback suffered through what he suffered through the coaching he had in the beginning to, to what we saw this week, my God, this guy is a miracle of science and health and technology and everything else. Holy cow. The human spirit triumphs. 
I, I was very pleased for him. I thought he was the best Lions defender on the field um, pretty much all day. Um, it's just a reference to the Lions wire thing that I wrote. I go through, I, I charted every single snap of his. Uh, he played, was it 67 of the 76? Uh, there were they put 21 plays out, right? where he was involved in the play. Like you don't chart them when these, when they're run plays, when the throws to the other side. He had 14 pluses and seven minuses on those 21 plays. That's a ratio that you will take every freaking day from your outside cornerback. No, no question about it. And then four of the plays where he got the minus were because he, he closed poorly on a run or run after the catch. Um, he got, either got blocked. One of them was a screenplay where he got blocked out of bounds. Uh, can't have that happen. There's another one. Actually, the screenplay to Goddard, I gave him a minus for because he he, he kind of took a weird angle after mm-hmm. Goddard caught the ball and he missed the tackle. Yeah. Um, and it, it allowed him to gain a couple of extra yards. So that's a minus in my book. But overall, man, he was he was so good. They, and I will say this. There were three plays on the on the Eagles' first two drives where Jalen Hurts wanted to throw to Devontae Smith. That was his primary read. You can see him from the snap looking there. And Okuda had him freaking blanketed, and he had to look elsewhere. Unfortunately, Jalen Hurts took off and ran on all those and got big gains. But that's 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 not Jeff's fault. <laughs> but, I mean, one of the things, this you said it in the very, very beginning, 67 out of 74 snaps, was it, or? Was that the number? 76. Yeah, he missed That's nine. Like, so, And he was on a snap count. Think about yeah. that. How much he played on a snap count. Power to my man. Power to Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Second play he man. was out was when uh, they hit A.J. Brown deep uh, over the top of Will Harris, who was in fairly good trail coverage position. It was a, it was a perfect throw. Give Jalen Hurts some credit there. Mm-hmm. Very nice catch. And uh, Harris showed the awareness of a, a blind barn owl, unfortunately. <laughs> blind barn owl during the day. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, David Wester, is it a blessing it happened when he was young? I think it is. I mean, he's talking about Sherman fell, falling off. I think Sherman fell off just because Sherman was at an age two. Sherman started reading his own press clippings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so the other thing about it as a team, well, we'll get about We'll get to the team. Great job, Jeff Okuda. Really impressive. Let's move on to the next piece. Let's stay on the defense as a whole. I want to touch a little bit on Adrian Hutchinson before we get, or Aiden Hutchinson before we get to the defense. I can't say words tonight. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be saying words and I can't say I'm right. Aiden Hutchinson out there. I think there's a couple things, right? And what was it? One tackle. People like all, all down on him. We saw a lot of what Aiden Hutchinson can do. You got to think here's a kid who grew up in Detroit went to college in Detroit, got drafted number two overall in Detroit, is here for his team. The, he, you know, he is off the charts with energy. And he, you saw it. He overran so many plays. He just was out there to win. He wanted that first sack at home, first game. I'm not concerned about Aiden Hutchinson at, at all. I think this was a rookie who was amped up and probably had one too many energy drinks before the game and was out there and just and just was trying a bit too hard. I think you're going to see this week he's going to kind of settle into his role, and I think you're going to see a lot more of the real Aiden Hutchinson that, that we drafted. Riz, where's your head on that? I, I think you're absolutely right on that. I think he's never played against a guy like Jalen Hurts before, and Jalen Hurts is a very different kind of quarterback because he can beat you with his arm. But, man, when he goes with his legs, I, I told huge today when I was on the air, there were times where I thought we were playing Lamar Jackson. Like, it, he looked that fast and, and that quick to accelerate out of things. 
Now look, I've watched a lot of Jalen Hurts over the years. I scouted just about every one of his college games. I've never seen him with that dedication to taking off and running the way that he did in this game. And uh, he, he looked great. Uh, he should be in the top five for the MVP after week one. I don't think that's going to persist all season, but he's certainly a good quarterback. Um, it, it's crazy to me that there are still Eagles fans who think that he's not good enough. I'm like, do, 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 do you want Tim Boyle? You know, we got one of them for you can have. <laughs> Trade you. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got it. So moving on to the rest of the, the, the another part of the line, uh, Don. Ask Jeff, did Bugs have a better game than Aleem McNeil? I'll say Aleem got eaten up by doubles a lot. I, I think Aleem wasn't able to be Aleem fully. And eaten, he had a rough eat, game. Yeah, eating up doubles is okay. Um, but Bugs stood up Kaminsky. <laughs> Kaminsky has some energy. Bugs, Bugs played well. And, and I think one of the things that Bugs does that Aleem can learn from is Bugs is really good at extending his arm out and keeping the blocker at bay a little bit. And Aleem lets him in and tries to, like, chest press them off mm-hmm. that doesn't work when you're playing a good offensive line and i think he found that out it was not a good game for aleem i thought bugs played great yeah yeah he, he was he was good a lot of guys that you didn't expect to be kind of top of the of, of mind in this game came up and stepped up and that's what yeah. you want when when the big guys aren't doing it when the bigger names aren't doing it guys like that stepping up and putting themselves in in, in the limelight we'll take it we'll take it all day it's when everybody goes yeah. to sleep at the same time that you you really find the the pain yeah, you, you got to get better play. You got to have more than like two or three guys who have really good games at the same time. And they, I'll even go through this game. I thought Alex Anzalone was terrible in the first half. I thought after halftime, I thought he played a pretty good second half of the game. Yeah. Was it perfect? No. Was he a lot better in the second half than he was in the first half? Yes. And some of the reason was, was because he deliberately stayed home more and didn't pursue and chase. I thought he did a better job of spying on Jalen Hurts I wanted, excuse me, I want to say that Hurts only had, I think it was three runs of more than five yards in the second half where he gashed us completely in the first half. A lot of that was because Anzalone played better. Yeah. Does does Anzalone have to play better still? Absolutely. Does Rodrigo have to play better? Yeah. And it's interesting to me that Rodrigo was the highest graded player from pro football. This was another one where I had some issue with what PFF graded in the game. I had two touchdowns directly on Rodrigo. The first one, obviously, on him because he's inside. He is the chase guy on Jalen Hurst who walks, literally walks outside because Rodrigo was inside. Look, he's a rookie playing his first game. And I will say this. And he had a dented orbital. (laughs) As innocuously as I can, if you're going to get on Aiden Hutchinson for making a lot of rookie mistakes and you give Rodrigo a pass for it, because he's a sixth rounder, draft position don't matter, folks. If you're starting, you're out there. That means you're you're responsible for what you got to do. Like you got to you got to judge Aiden and Rodrigo through the same lens. Like they're part of the same defense. Like yeah, I know your expectations are probably a little higher for Hutchinson. They should be based on the draft position. Sure. But if he's playing, he's got to execute. If he's not, you know, executed. It's not like they have anybody better. Unfortunately, Derek Barnes was trash. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. his PFF um, Chris Board Chris Board was worse than that, <laughs> proving that speed doesn't do everything. Um, by the way, Chris Board, Chris Board is the second fastest linebacker in the NFL based on the RAS speed scores from when they were in the combine. Did it help him? Got to have more than just speed, folks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That is true. That is very, very true. All right. So the defense as a whole, Riz, um, interesting. I mean, 
I feel like in the first half, they played a lot better than they did in the second half. Um, I feel like part of the problem, though, was they got worn down in time because of oh, all definitely. the three and outs. And that kind of thing, the defense was, I think, our, our the, I'm sorry, the offense was the defense's worst enemy this game and probably cost them on their PFF grades. Because, they again, early, they looked pretty strong. They were pretty stout. They were playing well. And it was just so much yeah, that, time, the, so from much from the field. from after the pick six, I think uh, the Eagles defense, I think, picked up a little bit of more confidence then. And, and yep. the, the Lions defense was just out there for, for a long time. And yep. Hutchinson played was it 90 percent of the reps. Like, and, and this is where the ripple effects of not having Julian Okwara, not having Levi Anzarike, not having Josh Paschal, yep. um, not trusting John Kaminsky enough, not trusting um, Austin Bryant enough, uh, n- not. Not moving Aiden around enough. I, I'll, I'll put a little bit on that too. Um, yep. Like you're asking him to play a hell of a lot of snaps, man. I guess. And by the way, Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in football. Um, I think we saw some of that too. Yeah. Guys, guys, pretty damn good. <laughs> I would, I, I would say, I loved the setup with Charles Harris and uh, Aiden Hutchinson next to each other. They need more yeah. practice to to execute on that. Hutchinson made a couple mistakes doing that, but that was really, really effective. That has real potential. I loved that. I loved that that defensive lineup. Um, Floundericious, thank you, sir, for the super chat. We love you, brother. Uh, defensive line had some really good reps early on where they're not as aggressive but aware. First half screen that they swatted down, they all recognized uh, the release, stopped, and got the hands up. Yeah. So I will say, I'll make, I'm going to go on a little bit of a limb here, Riz. <laughs> Let him scored 38 points. The defense performed actually better than I thought it would. I think they, they would have scored much fewer points had the defense not spent so much time on the field. I think that's part of what's, what hosed them. We knew at the beginning of the season this was a team that was going to rely on the offense. Had the offense showed up in the first half like they did in the second half, the defense would have been much better rested. They would have scored many fewer points, uh, the fewer points, and we would have gone to that mode that we're thinking of this team that this team was going to be was an outscore the opponents and hope to hold them a couple times on defense to make make the difference. So, I think that the defense was actually, especially in those circumstances, a little better than what I expected. A couple more weeks though, and 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 you know they get less time in the field, they perform the same way. I, my my opinion will change very quickly. I, I'm with you on that. And just to reinforce the question that you asked, what, is it progress or is it a moral victory? I think what you just described there is progress more than a moral victory. Um, I And I, I, I look at it like you can have – they've lost 44-6 to six of this team, uh, an inferior version of this team, by the way, yeah. uh, 10 games ago. I Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, oh, for real. And we've got guys coming back. Right. I mean, as as the season comes Hopefully. on, well, we're, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're coming back. Jamo will come back. Jerry will be back. I think Jamo and Jerry will be back. Yep. Uh, at some point, Julian O'Quara will get on the field. At some point, maybe if Yatsu Malifan will get on the field. That, by the way, is your number three safety when all things are copacetic. Right, right. That'll be nice. Jerry um, Taylor. I, I do worry about a guy not, and, and I worry about this with Jerry. We talked about this before. These are guys who were rookies last year who are basically changing positions where they align in the defense without ever practicing it. Um, I do worry about that. But at the same time, there is ta- they're, they're getting more talent on the field when that happens. Yep. Yep. 
All right, Jared Taylor. We have a Washington uh, Commodes fan. Sorry, Jared. Uh, in 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 the chat, and he's asking, "Can your corners handle speed?" And Ryan nailed it. No, they can't. And he, uh, oh. Jared, comes back with, "Wait, we have three, four, three receivers. Terry McLaurin is going to be." the bane of our defense. I really think that he's the guy that's going to wreck everything. Even if he isn't necessarily the guy making all the catches, he is going to set us up. He's, for he's a catalyst. Game. And Jay Han Dotson, who they mm-hmm. run, and they Terry will play out of the slot, but primarily Jay Han's their, Dotson is their slot guy. He's really good. Yeah. Damn it. Yep. It was a guy that I wanted at uh, – uh, if the Lions had held at 30, was it 34, the pick, that, that was a guy that I really like coming out of Penn State. He's good. Yep. They're fast. They're, and I don't want to, I don't, like, they're a weird team, and the, they're, they're sort of like the latter era Schwartz Lions or, or the early Caldwell, and that they've got a quarterback that, okay, Carson Wentz, say what you want. He's capable. He's, he's proven that he can do things. Yeah. They're really good at wide receiver. Antonio Gibson is a very good running back, very good dual threat running back. He can catch. He can run. They have the, the weapons outside. They have a quality tight end who can catch passes, big guy. You, you wonder about their line. Like, sometimes their line's okay, but the, their best lineman for years and years is Brandon Scherf. He's in Jacksonville now. Their line, like, it's okay. It's not, it's not terrible, but it, it reminds me a lot of, like, 2015, 2016 Lions in that like you're you're looking like God if they just had like one really good offensive lineman it's gonna be a really good offense and yeah. and, and it would help the quarterback it would help a Commanders fans feel better about their quarterback who oh he, he did okay um wasn't, wasn't great I, I only watched the game in the the condensed view on NFL Plus so I didn't like pay real close attention to it I thought he was okay yeah, yeah. Uh, Wentz can't throw on his back Don Burr always a, a superhero that's right chat. I love him. that's 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 your hope. <laughs> Uh, and he runs less than he used to. If you remember him from his Philly days, he, he was a guy he would, he would wantonly take off. He doesn't do that anymore. Um, some of that's the fact that he gets hurt all the time, and he's been coached out of that. He's not the mobile guy that he used to be. You can get to him. He's big. He's strong. He's not easy to get down, but he's he's not the the, the running target that he used to be, and that's where the pass rush comes in. Uh, but yeah, to the cornerback speed, and it really, it really showed with the money or Warrior in this last. I thought Ao had a terrible game, honestly. Now, again, AJ Brown is a damn good receiver. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful pickup by Philadelphia. Might have been the best acquisition trade acquisition movement of the off season. Yep. Um, certainly in the non-quarterback style. Yep. Um, and, and like he, he's a handful, man. That guy's really, really good, and he fit in right away. And I, I like, I, like, but Amani. If, if he wants to stay with this team, if he wants to get paid this offseason, this is his contract year, he's got to do better than what he did against against A.J. Brown. Let me ask, because they Okuda got very, very few reps with him. Do you think it was purposeful on Okuda's first time back, maybe trying to build a little confidence? We're not putting him with Brown. No, I think uh, because Devontae Smith is faster and Okuda is the fastest cornerback that we have. I think maybe. that's what the matchup was dictated by. There you go. All right. Um, we'll get to the Washington uh, preview here in a second. Um, yeah. And, and, and we're, we're doing it now instead of a preview game on Friday. Uh, I'm going to be out at a resort with my wife celebrating our anniversary. And uh, many years. Deserve a break. Too many. Well, no. not too, Sorry. Ah. Shit. <laughs> it seems like three. Um, no, it's it's. Good. She's the best. She really is the best. She's the, the, the awesomest. So, um 
we got to cover a couple things first. We still got to do moral victory of progress, and we're already we're already running ahead to the, the the look ahead. So let's get to Jared Goff. We want to get to the offense. There's a couple things, and we'll cover the receivers next. But I want to start with Goff himself. There's it's it's always so black or white for people, and there's so rarely a gray area. I'm just gonna say Jared Goff was off in the first half. Most of the even the drops were not quite on target passes in many cases. Um, I think this is a lot to do with the team, the ones not playing together in a, in a game in live fire at game speed uh, until now. I, I feel like there's a lot, especially with the change at halftime. I think there was adjustments at halftime. There was conversations. Let's look at tendencies. Let's talk about what we're seeing. But I think there was also a, oh, wait. We're, we're getting it and we and, and they were able to pull together and, and and start figuring their timing out and talk about wait you're not where you need to be the ball is not where it needs to be i was expecting something else because a lot of those kind of just rusty mistakey kind of things went away after the half and i i, I just will know right week one is fool's gold let me see it two see it three but i feel like a lot of this was just them not playing together golf wasn't perfect Looked a lot better at the end, though. And and that was a Jared Goff I was expecting after training camp. It's the one we saw at the end of that game. I would agree. The throw to DJ Shark, my God, that was beautiful. Like, that, that's man, that's man. that's the icing on some tasty cake right there, baby. That was nice. Yeah. But yeah. the early ones, the miscommunications, it, it's like they were in the same book, but they weren't on the same page. And, you know, that's generally on the quarterback. But to your point, I think they went in at halftime or even on the sidelines there and, and saw, hey, this is what I'm seeing. And the receiver's like, oh, this is what I saw. And they worked it out. Like, that's, to me, that's progress. Is it progress from what? That, that means progress. I like that. Yeah. I like the fact that they worked it out, that they didn't lose faith in one another. Um, when Amon Ra puts a ball on the ground, like, the first, that's literally yeah. the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Goff didn't lose confidence in him. Went right back to him. Scored a touchdown on yeah. the next drive. Yep. Well, you saw you saw him not give up on Josh Reynolds. You saw him not give up on Shark after an early drop. Um, the drops, by the way, you know, drop passes are dicey. And, and we had this argument back in the day with Stafford about was is this, how much responsibility does the quarterback bear for the uh, the drops? Did you see me in, I, the, in the in the in the uh, Slack chat? I was like, is there something about the way golf throws the ball? <laughs> I pulled that one out again. Totally trolling me. That's great. I love it. Um, I will say that the the throw to Josh Reynolds, that one's on Goff. Uh, does Josh now Josh gets two hands on that ball? He needs to catch that. That ball has to have just a little bit more touch on it. It came out a little hot. Goff wasn't really under pressure there. That that's a throw he's got to make a little, just a little bit better. That's a throw Kirk Cousins makes. That's yeah. a throw that Baker Mayfield makes. Um, and if if you want to consider, you know. Jared Goff to be better than those guys, or even you know towards the top of that tier that those guys I think are in. That's a throw he's got to make, and right now he, like he's so close, he's so close, Chris. He's so yeah, close. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited because he's 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 miles ahead of where he was last year at this time. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, uh, and I, I think he saw he didn't throw down the field that much, but I, again, I think this was a case of. The Eagles, and, and this this really came across when I watched the game, they were really focused on taking T.J. Hawkinson away. Like, they went into this game, like, okay, we're stopping. 88 is not beating us. If Goff wants to beat us over the top, he can try. 
Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chances with Darius Slay in, in man coverage. I'm gonna take my chances with with Avante Maddox out there, CJG um, c- coming in. Great, great acquisition, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- th- that's their strength. Um, so they were trying to play. To, they were trying to cover their weakness, which is their linebackers and their middle of the field. Uh, Marcus Epps really, really good at coming straight forward. Don't ask him to go back the other way. He can't do that. Uh, you, you saw it on the screen pass that he blew up where Panay just missed blocking him. Um, and that was another one. And I think this, I think this was in the Slack chat we, that this came up. I, I've been in a lot of places today where they, we talked about the spacing on the play. And the wide receiver, I think it was, it was Amon Ra, wasn't it, on that play? Has to be like two more steps mm-hmm. out yep. to make the spacing right so Epps can't get there and it makes it easier for Panay to get out there. Yep. Like there were little, the little attention to detail things we talked about um, with Swift and, and with some of the other guys with Stenberg. Like it, it was just a little bit off and you, you can't do that against a good team. You might be able to get away with that against Jacksonville. You might be able to get away with that against Chicago, maybe against Green Bay based on the way that they look for week one. <laughs> they, they look like shit. Um, but you know, against a well-coached team, you, you got to be better than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, can I say, though, you mentioned him and I, and I did you find yourself rooting for Slay a little bit? I love that guy. I, I will never too. root against Darius Slay. I, um, I was happy to see him get beat. That yeah, was kind of nice. Yeah. And uh, and to Slay's credit, uh, he he took it like he's like yeah, my bad. Like yep. he he knew he got beat. Good he's, good throw, good play. That's now, that, especially now that Patricia's gone, right? He doesn't have any yeah. of that animosity. He he always loved Detroit and the and the people of Detroit, and the fans and stuff. And now he's out there doing his job. But he's one. The thing yeah. about him that I always loved, he still has. He just loves being Darius Slay. And God, yeah, I wish knows. I was Darius Slay because he there's, has so there, much there's fun. There's the guy who's Darius really Slay. happy being who he is. And yeah. I, I totally respect that. From what I understand, he signed a crap ton of autographs, too, uh, and posed for pictures of the people, which is great. You know, That's yeah. awesome. Don't hold it against Darius Slay. It wasn't his fault. He's gone. I think. Where is it? Oh, you can't see. It's behind my chair, behind my head. Uh, I got a Darius Slay ball back there. It's an, and I, nice. I, I, Some balls I move and put away and bring some out. Yeah. Always being pants free, I at least got two balls out, but that one, oh. that one stays out because I love my thing, you know. These nuts, yeah, right? <laughs> you got it in. Good job. Yeah, you will never hear me say negative things or rooting against Darius Slay or Quandre Diggs. They remain two of my all-time favorite lines. Yeah, yeah always. Denver, <laughs> Denver, the the Commanders is Lionel Richie's old singing group. <laughs> He's so sharp, man. I love him in chat. Um, Hawkinson, not great in blocking, uh, getting holding calls. This was a tough game for TJ. Talking about signing him and what his contract's worth, I wouldn't base it on a single game. But coming out, he didn't earn himself a whole lot of money this week. I'll tell you that much. And you saw Darren Waller get paid recently. Uh, Was it $17 million a year? The, the the asking price for Hawkinson is going to be somewhere between David Njoku, who got I think fourteen point four five million a year, mm-hmm. and Darren Waller at seventeen and change, whatever it is. Um, and the guaranteed money is fluff, but Hawkins is asking, going to ask for fifteen million a year. You've had enough APR. of that shit. <laughs> I I I hope the Lions don't pay him that. Quite frankly, um, he's got to show that he earns that. He hasn't done that yet. Certainly didn't in week one. Can I? And I, can, I don't think he was bad in week one, but he's got to be a lot better than that if he wants to get paid. Can I agree with you, but with a caveat? In that, I agree. Don't pay him fifteen if the con if the the cap doesn't move. 
but depending on how much the cap moves, 15 might be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that, but then you're talking, okay, does that preclude me from paying DeAndre Swift who needs to get paid and Amani Oruwoye who needs to get paid? And there, there's other guys that are going to have their hands out too. Uh, I know there's going to be some cap economics. They did a weird thing this week with Michael Brockers where they pushed $2 million in dead cap the next year. I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't know what. I really don't know why they did that because when they did it, we'll go off on this for a second, even though it's not on our topic list. When they did that, it indicated to me that they're bringing somebody in or they have an idea of what they want to do with that money because they still had, they had 2.9 million already under the cap. They didn't need another 2 million under the cap that gets thrust into next year. I don't get that one yet. And like, I know there's people that are, Oh, it's not a big deal, you know, because they can, if they don't use it, they can carry it over. Then why'd you do it? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Can you, can you offer me an explanation of why they would do that and not because I, I I have been told um, now that Justin Jackson being signed to fill Anzarike's spot on the roster was known Sunday. I didn't know that. I learned it when everybody else did today. But uh, there were a lot of people like oh, that was like they knew they were doing that. Right. So then, why did you do that with Brockers? Why did you fool with his money? I I don't get that one. Yeah. Um, maybe the darkest spot from Sunday was how bad they screwed up the Dan Campbell bobblehead. Dude looks like he's 130 pounds. And I'll tell you what, if if that was if that was my world, I would be an angry angry fan as well. 130 pound Dan Campbell. Pfft. His left nut weighs 130. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, it does. These nuts. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. All right, Chris, spontaneous question I'll ask you. Yeah. What did you think of the onside kick? Mm, I like it. It didn't turn out well, but I like the ability to be completely unpredictable. And if you watch the kicks after where we kicked it deep and we squibbed, they had no idea how to deal with those kicks. It affected the other kicks that we had in the game and how they played them because they weren't sure what we were going to do so in in itself didn't work out that really sucked in the in the scheme of the whole thing and the entirety and the film that other teams have now i kind of like it that's where my that's that's where i'm with and and that this is one of those where you like you're like setting it up for week four um and the opposing team's going to be like oh we we got it we got to consider the fact that dan campbell might might be fucking crazy and might might onside kick here. We got to practice this. You know, may, maybe that takes away five yards off a return when when Cyber kicks it deep. Um, it might not seem like the trade off might not seem like much now. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the way Dan explained it after he you know he initially just said you know I I, I wanted the ball back. Um, Duh. Um, yeah, you did better answer than that, Coach. Please, I didn't like that answer from Campbell, but he, he explained it later like. The way our defense was playing and the, the structure of the field and the time remaining, if we weren't going to stop them, it's better for them to score quicker so we get the ball back earlier with a chance to score. Mm-hmm. I buy that. Yeah. Um, I don't, it didn't work out all that well. but I, And I wonder if he like thought of that later and, and came up with that explanation or if he had that in mind ahead of time. I, I don't know. I think part of uh, it is, and this is, this is where Dan Campbell is very similar to, to Matt Patricia and people haven't caught on to this and it's, it, it makes me giggle a little bit. He doesn't answer questions, but he doesn't answer questions in a much more gregarious way that people don't get angry with. 
He doesn't that that whole thing. He didn't answer it because that's just I'm not telling you why we're doing it. I'm not giving you a, a, a view into the head of Dan Campbell. Right. I I just might be that fucking crazy that and that's where Dan Campbell is. I think that's what it is. And he's not answering the questions. But again, he does it in such a charismatic way. And, you know, he he pulls out the I wanted some fucking pants, but I didn't have pants. This is all I had in my locker. <laughs> this kind of stuff. And you're just like, oh, that's great. Dan Campbell. And you walk away smiling and he didn't answer your question. You look at these 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 uh, these pressers. And most of the time you're not getting an answer to those questions and people are walking away smiling. There's no dungeon of doom. There's none of the other stuff that used to happen with Caldwell and Patricia and everything. I think he's got the, the, the wool pulled over a whole lot of people's eyes and I love it. That's one of the things I love about him is the way he can deliver what he wants. I I've said it like people say he's dumb and I've t- I tell people, no, he's dumb like a Fox. He is. He has really got a sharp, sharp head and he plays that to a T and people just accept it. It's, it's a, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. I do. Th- I do think that more and more people are catching on to the fact that he is he is dumb like a fox. Um, I, I got that a lot from the Philly media work that I did last week. They're all like, "Okay, we didn't know what to think of him at first. Now we kind of like what we what, like what we're seeing from him from from the, the afar." Um, yep. that, that's yeah. You're right. He, he's. He can be forthright when he wants to be, but when he doesn't, he you, you're right. He does do a very good job of being coy and not, like like Matt, Matt Patricia would filibuster for like 10 minutes, not answering the question. That's something he learned from from Bill Parcells. Uh, like and, and it's weird because Campbell's a Parcells guy, but he's he's like toned it down. Like that's only one paragraph in the transcriptions that we get. It's not like a page. Um, uh, yeah, he's. He's a piece of work, man. I, I'm I'm proud of Coach. I still like Coach. I'm very bullish on Coach. He he's he is in his second season. He does not have a talented as of a roster as the team that he went up against, and they still damn near pulled it off. Yeah, to me that that's impressive coaching. I thought he did it. I thought the from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, I would not say that the Detroit Lions were out coached. I would say that they were out executed and out talented. In that game, I don't think they were out coached. Um, if you want to hang your hat on, on the the onside kick, I didn't. I didn't really care for the decision in real time. I didn't. I'll be honest about that. Uh, but like, if 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 that's if, oh, you got to fire the coach. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing because because he tried an onside kick. Like aggressive mistakes. And I, I, this is something that I learned from volleyball. Something that my kids learn in basketball all the time. Aggressive mistakes are more acceptable than just sitting back and taking it. Like if you're going to try to be proactive about something, that's better than trying to react and getting caught with your pants down. And that that has not happened with Dan Campbell. I, I just I had this feeling that. of like uh, I was going to be walking around with any pants on. Uh-huh. He had that feeling, so he was prepared. Sorry, I was looking around. I, I heard something. I thought something was banging to the side of the house. It was just thunder. So. Another storm. <laughs> good luck with that. It's that time. All right. So yeah, no. Uh, the good, good conversation. Thank you all for all that. Um, also, if you want to get your Dan Campbell '89 jersey or any of your other jerseys, go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. They give us a little pinch of that cash that they normally keep in their pockets and it supports the show. And you wind up with a killer jersey or the lions sneakers they got a new set coming out soon we'll talk about that hats the whole thing it's all there fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com takes you straight to the site just gives you a little cookie and they give us a little cut of the profit so thank you for everyone who does that fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com all right let's talk about wide receivers those are the guys that catch the ball riz if you weren't aware and we had a couple of them on the field 
uh, <laughs> unlike last year when we had one. Uh, <laughs> the, the wide receivers, it's a tale of two halves again. The first half was just, it, I, was, I was terrified. I was like, everything we saw in camp, none of that is right here. What happened? What happened? What happened? Riz, what happened? <laughs> again, I think some of it is chalked up to the fact that they didn't play in, in the preseason or play enough. They only see the same cornerbacks every time. And they, like, after you practice with a guy for three or four weeks, you know how to beat him. You know how to, you know how to do it. And even when he knows the route, like you can still adjust to that. Yeah. You're going against Darius Slay. You're going against Devontae. You're going against good cornerbacks. Like Philadelphia's that's a good football team. They're different too. And it takes some time to adjust to that. And mm-hmm. I think you saw the, 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 the misfires in the first half to me, were the wide receivers being uncomfortable with a defense that they hadn't seen before and hadn't seen on tape before because the Eagles did do some things that they didn't, they did nothing in the preseason. They were completely vanilla and they changed things from last year. They played a little bit more outside in coverage, um, especially when they went to a zone, they gave, they gave a little bit more space. If you wanted to get outside uh, and golf was still expecting the openings to be on the inside and it wasn't there. And I, you know, again, Philadelphia is a good team. It, it It's not always all about Detroit. And yeah. I think that's something that, you know, Detroit versus everybody. Y'all got to soak in the fact you, you probably want to watch other teams play at some point, too. Like, it can't just be about what you are. Sometimes the opponent is good. Sometimes the opponent's better than you. Sometimes the opponent is going to do things that make you look bad. I think you saw a lot of that from the Philadelphia defense, and I'm going to give them some credit on that as well. Don't hurt my feelings, Riz. That's not nice. All right. <laughs> Sometimes, you, you know, the other guys get paid a lot of money, too. Sometimes they, do. they get a say in what's going on. All right. Um, let's see. Really quick. Wide receivers. Who else? Uh, DJ Chark had a nice catch. He wasn't nearly as... Um, productive as i thought he would be he's uh he's become something of a i don't want to say niche but he's not a primary weapon he's a guy that's like an ancillary weapon Mm -hmm. and i think when jamo gets on the field i think you'll see him blossom uh but until then he's probably a spot too high in the depth chart i think other than amon rai everybody else is a spot too high on the depth chart at wide receiver And, and think about this like last year every single player that was on the field for a wide receiver this week would have been the number one receiver on the team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, that's the question. Ask about Jamo. I think uh coach had a question for him. Are you pooping? <laughs> what? <laughs> he wasn't sure if he was, he was ready to play and he had to ask what he was up to. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I love all the, so many good ones. A lot of miscues from the wide receivers. Um, Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer to see that. At least they blocked well. And and DeAndre Swift benefited from and Shark blocked his ass off. Amonra blocked his ass off. Josh Reynolds had some good blocks yeah. down the field. I, yeah. I, that made me happy. That's that is attention to detail. And that's something you give give Antoine Randall L, the wide receivers coach, some credit for that. God, yeah. He was he was yeah. Yeah, he's been I, I just love I love the staff. I love the, the, the coaching staff we have. So all right, let's get to this. We got some more to cover. We're gonna get now to the question, the moral victory or progress for the teams. Got your chance in the chat or in the uh, comments. Let us know what you think. Was this a moral victory or was this progress for the team? Before we get into it, I want to ask everyone who's in there, hit the like button, please. 
please. We ask once a show. Hit the like button. It's easy. It's fast. You could have already done it. And here I am having to ask you again. Hit the like button for us. It helps us out a lot. It helps the people find us. It helps the show keep going because when they find us, they- It's right there. I'm going to hit more. it. Thanks, brother. I hit it. All right. Like, subscribe. Join the great people like Tom Ferry and subscribe to the show. We appreciate when you do that. That helps us out as well. Hi, um, like I said, we only ask once a show. So bang on that button. It's <laughs> like you- uh, like there's a screen door in a hurricane or something else you want to bang on. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> moral victory or progress. This is a tough one because a moral victory, right? Is that always negative? In the context of sports, it is. <laughs> Most of the time yeah. it is. Um, in Detroit, it seems to always be that way. Yeah. Well, you get sick of moral victories and not the W yes. victories, right? And I don't, I don't blame people for that no. one whatsoever. No. By the same token, and this is the thing that I see, I've seen in the chat here today, and you see it every week. Every twenty years, this team is written. Yep, you're right. But they've had this coach for two years. They've had this owner for two years. They've had this GM for two years. They may have the same. They don't even have the same last name. It's Hamp now. But it's, it is different. It is a different group of people that are running this. And um, I, I, I do not think this is the same old Lions. This is not what we've seen from any team prior. Having fun football. That's I heard saw someone say, I'm tired of fun football. I'll tell you what, after the Patricia years and it's only been one when was year the and one fun? game. Right. <laughs> when right. where's that been? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not so so worried about it being fun. That's a great step forward for this team. I haven't had fun covering this team since twenty sixteen. That's and and like now you, you there's it's easy it's easy to come in as a corporate backed company especially with a bunch of money and say we're going to cover the team now on the upswing when they're on hard knocks and everyone's like yeah it's time to jump on the bandwagon yeah great time but carrying the team and reporting on the team through those times where it was lean and Matt Patricia was doing his thing and those were tough times those were tough times it just was not fun for anybody right. Right now, having fun football is a huge improvement for Detroit Lions fans, period. And accept it and love it while you have it because it's going to get better from here. I don't, it may not, it may not. And I, I've kind of said this to Riz in the, in, quietly. I'm like, if this group doesn't work out as a coach, I don't know if I can keep doing this anymore. <laughs> we've done this, this is our eighth season. You know what I mean? This We've done, been through a lot. This team, I, I truly believe in this leadership team and their style and what they're doing. And I'm seeing, yes, in a way, moral victories, but on top of it more so, I'm seeing progress. I'm seeing it in all the right spots. We've had progress before. For a long time, we had you know, a couple of great players, but no depth. And then Quinn came in and all he did was build depth, right? And O-line. Um, we're, we're, we're building across the board. We're getting great players and we're building depth at positions slowly. We're not killing the cap. We're getting better at the cap year by year in a sensible way. We're drafting. We have a young team. We're building to peak at, at, at a good time when it looks like things will come together. You don't have control over two years from now, but next year is really when things are, should really by, be clicking. And the difference between last year and this year, you see it. As you said, the, the, the team we played in the Philadelphia Eagles – in Detroit both times, you know, so there's no weather. It's just team on team. And watching the difference in the score and the fact that we we were close. We were close. We could have won this game, clean up some mistakes, whatever. This team is securely in the progress place. What do you walk away with this game from? A moral victory. But I think overall, this team is, is showing immense progress. And I think this is going to be a fun year in which I, I'm sticking by my 7-9 to nine game win. I really think this team can do it. 
I totally agree with you on on the progress part. Um, it, it, there's a little bit of a moral victory in the fact that they didn't. I mean, they, they didn't get trounced by what I think is the second best team they're going to play all year. Also, I, I think Buffalo. Thanksgiving. Why do we have to get Buffalo on Thanksgiving? Damn it! Uh, yeah, <laughs> that team's yeah, really good. That's going to be a dry turkey. <laughs> You know, but uh, he, he, uh, and and you brought up you brought this up week one being very unpredictable and and having anomalies. You saw the Bears win. You saw you saw the Packers get smoked by Minnesota. Uh, you, you saw Seattle rise up and win. They might not win again, um, beating Russell Wilson, which was kind of fun. You saw you saw the Giants come back in Tennessee. I'm really really proud of the Giants team and the way that they did that. But you're seeing this is the week. And this is something that Huge and I talked about. Like, okay, you can have the progress in week one, but there isn't a moral victory available against Washington. Like, if you're close and no cigar, that ain't good enough this time. You've got to have the progress. This is you're favored to win this game. First time they've been favored since week 11 of 2020. First time they've been favored against a winning a team with a winning record going into a game since they played Miami in 2018 yeah. in Miami. They, by the way, they won that game. Um, they did not win in Carolina the last time they were favored. They got shut out 20 to nothing by PJ Walker <laughs> starting. <laughs> I gotta ask that, that, was, that, that was so it's interesting. Last year's low point was absolutely the Eagles game for me. Before that, probably the worst Lions feeling I ever had was that Carolina game because that that was that was so bad, was so bad, Chris. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I, that was that was just yeah, you know. that was rough, dude. I and, and I don't want and and like all the all the the positivity that we're feeling and like oh yeah okay we're feeling whether it might be a moral victory. They don't win this week. All oh, that's flush, man. Uh, th- this is. This is a a quietly a very very important game for Dan Campbell yeah. because if he doesn't win this one, everything that he's been preaching about is you know we're getting better we're you know we're we're building to something. If you don't start seeing progress in in the win column soon, you're going to lose. I don't care about the fans if you lose them, you start losing some of those guys in the room. Like, damn, we're better than Washington. We're better. We're a better football team than Washington is. The problem is, um, is Washington's on, on good. Washington's good and. And the other thing is we've got this week three win thing going on that really just muckles the thing up. I got to hit David Webster here. I said fun was not an acceptable standard. Winning should be the standard. My question is, how many wins? You're, you're off a three-win season. What is what is the win standard then? Is it all games? You have to win all of them? Or four games? or what? I mean, it's one game into the season and they didn't win it. And so this is not acceptable. I mean, I, 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 I have to say at this point, this is acceptable against a team that's a playoff team like the Eagles. What do you expect out of this team this year from three wins? What's acceptable? That's the thing that, that kills me. And that's where, you know, it's easy to say, this team has stuck for 20 years. It's the same silly kind of again. Nothing if, if to that's your on. attitude, root for another team. Yeah. Don't, why are you here? Why, why are you still rooting <laughs> for this team? If, if that's your, if, if it's win or else, why the hell are you rooting for the Detroit lions? Like go find a better team. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. It's it, and there's a certain amount of, I get it because the lions the lions are a great study in in perpetual maybe mediocrity mediocrity or worse. 
in that you get generations of fans that start. I mean, you start out at what, 14 as a fan and you, you just go all in on your team. You get a little more wiser. You're like, you see some of the growth. You see the potential. You start believing. And then right around the time, and you, some some people earlier, some later, but by the time people are 50, they're like, they start laughing. I've seen this. I don't believe it. They're jaded and it's all over. Right. And and they become the Uncle Eddie fan that I call. Right. But there's the same arc. What happens is for the Lions, they have this unbroken history of not winning. So this arc happens again and again and again. If there's a win in there, if you just throw a Super Bowl win in 2011, right? Throw a Super Bowl win even in 1991. It's a whole different kind of set of circumstances about how people treat the team. So I get it. I get it, but you can't, I mean, as, as a fan, you can do whatever you want, right? But you can't let the current regime be jaded by the historical regime because they really have nothing except the heirloom players left by Bob Quinn, right? I mean, that's what's there. And they've cleaned up a bunch of those, right? Jamie Collins, goodbye. Uh, you, you've cleaned up a whole bunch of them real fast to get to what is their vision of what this team is. Yeah, I I, I don't understand the, oh, if, if you don't win, there's nothing good about it. Uh, again, why the hell are you a Detroit Lions fan? Like, why why wouldn't you leave if that if you're not going to have fun watching a team unless they win? Like, why are you here? Yeah, ask yeah. ask yourself that. Don't <laughs> I, I can't answer that question for you. I I mean, look look I'm a Cleveland guy. Cleveland Cavaliers that, that's that's my team. One of the reasons I don't root for the Browns and why I picked up on the Lions early. Uh, was because there were people in my family, this this was in the late 1970s, very early 1980s, they were like, the Browns are going to, they're, they're going to essentially fuck this up. I'm paraphrasing. They didn't <laughs> yell at me when I was a kid like that. But, and I saw how miserable my family was. And I saw this silver rush defense. And I saw Billy, Billy Sims, Sims. who I really liked in Oklahoma. I'm like, I like that team. I can watch them on WTOL out of Toledo. Like that's <laughs> local air over the air TV for me. I like this. Channel 13, right? Um, is it? Yeah, and, and and I'm I'm still here. Uh, I missed I missed the glory years. I was in college. We, we didn't have TVs in our rooms in college. That's how old I am. We didn't have the internet. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I miss those glory times. I'm I'm here now because I I enjoy it. And if when I didn't enjoy it, and and I didn't enjoy it in the early like the mid two thousands, um, the the Mornenweg era specifically. I kind of checked out on the team. Like I, I don't have a lot of recollection of the Joey Harrington era um, up mm. through the end of the Millen years. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't were, that into the Lions then. Like, you were touched like I, in the fandom. I, at that I, point. I, it, it didn't, it, my mood wasn't impacted by how the Detroit Lions did on Sunday. Uh, and if you're someone who like, you're going to be mad all week. You're going to kick your dog. If the lions don't, you're going to kick your dog on Tuesday. If the lions don't win on Sunday, like kick first off, don't kick your dog. fucking dog. Kick the Second, dog. Find, find a better team to root for, like go bandwagon somewhere. See what that's like. Try it. It's, it might be worth a try for you for your own mental health. Make a second team. Like, uh, and, and to be fair, like in hockey, and I'm not as into hockey as I used to be, and I'm not as into it as I am football. But it's been great to to be living in Tampa and have the 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 uh, bolts doing so well. It's great. Hey, yeah, I'll bandwagon them. I don't care. I'm a bandwagon team. It's my second team because you know what? Who you know who's not playing them for anything worth anything is the Detroit Red Wings. So if I want to watch hockey and have some fun and enjoy it, I'm just going to watch them for a while until my Red Wings kind of start to recover and Stevie Y magic comes back which I think that's what we're starting to see and we're, we're getting there. That's great. 
Um, have some fun. If, if that's what you need is wins, find a team to go have some fun with. Now, let me ask you this, because this is a good one. Mike Mitchell Zoltan, hear that all 100%, but there's one common denominator through the coaching staffs, and they all made my mom's focus. That's, I love that comment. First off, that's funny. But it's basically owners saying, okay, it's the Fords. Riz, I, you know how I feel about that. I've said it's it, the ownership is is a it's a it's a cheap cop out kind of excuse because explain to me what the Fords are doing or not doing that causes this team to lose. I'll wait. I'll wait a very long time because you're not going to be able to answer that question. Not just there. because they're the common denominator doesn't that that's that causality not what, what what's the term? Help me out there. Causation not co- correlation not causation. Yes. That's that's what you're dealing with there, Mr. Data. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you can find one thing where you can say the Fords didn't do this or did do this, aside from hiring Matt Millen and not firing him on time, you're right on that one. 100%. I'll give you that one. I saw a great meme. If you weren't with us when we were 3 and 14, don't try to jump on when we're 6 and 11. <laughs> That's great. Um, I, I like, like I, again, I, I deal with bad owners and this is another, there, there's a side to this. If the Ford sell, the team will not be in Detroit. Uh, I know people don't want to hear that. If, if Jeff Bezos buys his team, do you think he's keeping the team in Detroit with the, one of the oldest stadiums in the league? Believe it or not, the, the Ford field is the 20th oldest stadium in the league right now. That's crazy. It's a great place. That's crazy. Like, it still seems new to me. You're, you're, you can build a new stadium in Austin or San Antonio, both cities of which have more people than Detroit does now. Or, or Portland is dying for a team. Salt Lake City would love to have a football team. I don't, I don't think they're ever going to get one. London, Toronto, Paris, Berlin, Frankfurt. You don't think that they'd have a problem moving? No. Um, so be very careful. And the other one, I, I'll, I'll go back to my Cavs thing. Dan Gilbert, best player in the NBA, LeBron James, playing in his hometown. And Dan Gilbert made made it so bad for him that he left not once but twice. You think that's going to fly in Detroit? Come on. Yep. Be smart. Think. Don't come. My, my, my old boss, Ty Adams, rest in peace, used to always say, don't come to me with a problem unless you have a solution in mind. If you don't know who's going to buy the team, don't assume that it's going to be better than the Fords because yep. it does get worse. Yep. Ask the Phoenix Suns right now. Ask Washington Commanders right now. Ask the Houston Texans right now. Ask the Chicago Bears right now in their stadium limbo that they're in. It gets worse, folks. Yep. And people that have newfound money these days are typically a lot worse than they used to be. The Cleveland Browns, Jimmy Haslam. Hell, give me give me five shields before I have to deal with that nut job again. Well, I'll um, give you, so, it's so bad. Mark, Mark <laughs> keeps coming back with they're just bad. He has nothing except they're just bad. So we'll go on. Let's look at the Washington commodes. We're out there looking at the Washington commodes who have one of the best owners. I wish the guy who I wish owned the Detroit Lions because let let's face it, sexual uh, abuse hotline hey, workers need calls. If you too. can't pimp out your cheerleading staff, what good of an owner are you? How how good is your sexual abuse hotline if it isn't getting practice? And in Washington D.C., they are definitely getting practice. I cannot stress this enough, and I don't think people people understand this. He literally paid the cheerleaders to go with high rollers and pose naked with them on a beach in a Caribbean island. He footed the bill for all that. Like, 
Okay, uh, you, you might think that's cool if you're a high roller and you're, oh, naked chiller? Fuck yeah, man. That's somebody's wife, man. That's somebody's daughter. Like, You're talking about the high rollers, right? Check yourself there, folks. <laughs> All right. Let's look at those commodes. Let's flush them this week. What do we got? We've got a, we've got a, an actually a strong team that we have to face here. And um, yeah. eh, look, a quarterback that he, I think he outplayed himself in week one uh, in Carson Wentz. I don't think he's as good as he played, but he is surrounded by guys like Antonio Gibson, uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, right? Curtis Samuel. <laughs> And tight end that fucking Patricia let slip through his fingers, Logan Thomas. Um, Jesse James. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The, the perpetual get rid of starters and get all kinds of depth, right? That was the plan. Um, that's actually, I, I, I like those weapons. I really, really like yeah, those weapons. I do too. <laughs> if they, if, if, look, if they had Jared Goff, Jared Goff would look much better than he did last year, even with that. I mean, they have they have potency and they have they have their threat on offense. Um, Chase Young being out on defense is a massive blessing, right? That is really really good for us because <laughs> I really, really uh, and, want and, and and it's especially good because he is the he lines up he would attack Panay Sewell and Panay I don't I don't want to sound the alarms here. He didn't have a great game pass blocking. Mm-hmm. He's he's still not his inside shoulder is still weak in pass protection. Guess guess where Chase Young really attacks well? Outside in. So it's great that he's out. Now Montez Sweat can play. He's he's good. Oh and, and Sweat. Pain pain and Allen on the inside. Those guys are good. Do you remember yeah. Sweat at the Senior Bowl? Watch him that stab move. I mean, Sandman's the one that picked it out, and then he would use it. And he would his. It was like the old kung fu movies. He would do the stab, and he'd be holding the guy's heart, but behind him, right? He went through his yeah. body, holding it, still beating. The thing heart. that I liked about it wow. at the Senior Bowl was the offensive lineman knew it was coming and still couldn't stop it. Yeah, and wow, man, he was the NFL is better at that. It still it still works for the guy. Like th- this is not a joke team. It, they, if their quarterback plays well, they're they're a difficult team to beat. No doubt about that. I but I don't trust Carson Wentz. Uh, maybe because I watched him in Indy. I I know how Indy feels about him, and that, that gives me some comfort. But if he plays way against Jacksonville, it's going to be a tough game. Yep. And and it, like you said, the weapons like they. They're stacked outside. I, I talked earlier. It reminds me of the Lions teams in the, in the later Caldwell era, where you know everything was everything was really good except the offensive line. You weren't quite sure what you were going to get from that. Yep. yep. And that that's sort of the where I'm at with Washington. But I do think you know Matthew Stafford in in that era was better than what Carson Wentz is now for Washington. I'm not going to give. I'll give Wentz credit. He played well against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It's Jacksonville with a new coach, new defense, new scheme. I'm going to give them the same sort of treatment that I gave the Lions for coming with new, new coordination scheme type thing. Yep. Um, there was, there are some holes in that, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go crazy on Carson Wentz there. Sure. Sure. See Shattuck. Thank you for that. Last he's super dangerous. Chat. He's dangerous. Yep. See Shattuck. Thank you for that last super chat. Who's your key matchups here in this game is when we're, when we're looking at the commodes, Facing off against the Lions, I'm going to say that all I can. Because um, in the commodes, you've had, you've had enough of that shit. Um, <laughs> no turds, baby. Where's the key matchup that's going to decide this game? And um, I'll just leave that open for you to interpret and decide. Oh, so I and I had to write this um, 
for those of you who don't know, I get to write the um, the USA Today Sports Weekly thing that you see in your airports and libraries and stuff. I write the Lions section for that when they have home games. I had I actually had to write it during the game last week. So I don't like we have to do the key matchup. And I want to say that my key matchup, I want to say it was DeAndre Swift against their linebacking core, but it might have been the inverse. It might have been Rodrigo against Antonio Gibson because Gibson can run the ball downhill. He's, he's very good at that. He's also a very good receiver out of the backfield. And Rodrigo, look, not, people are going to flame me for this. I don't think he played that well. Um, he's a six-round rookie. I understand that. But if he's on the field, he's got he cannot miss assignments, and he missed too many assignments in the first. Yeah, he hip-checked the guy. That's great. He was also being blocked six yards down the field on a play where he needed to be at the line of scrimmage. Um, it's nice that he did what he did. The, the Eagles got a successful play out of that, and I think that's getting lost. <laughs> um, uh, he's He's got to step up um, because he is a player who can – nullify Antonio Gibson. And if you make Carson Wentz one dimensional, that's when he gets freaky and that's when he makes mistakes. And that's when you get turnovers. That's when Tracy Walker will get a pick six. That's when, that's when, you know, he's going to fumble a snap away or, or get, get hit by Hutchinson and and Ali McNeil is going to get a big guy touchdown. He's Uh, he's, That's how you beat Carson Wentz. You make him either have to run or have to throw uh, because he, he doesn't do that. Well, if he's got balance, he he's capable so that that's my I, I want I'm, I'm going to go with Rodrigo and I'll, I'll throw Anzalone in there, too, because they're, they're out there together. The Lions linebackers versus Antonio Gibson and uh, whatever else the, 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 the commanders throw at you out of the backfield because they're good. They're deep, too. It's not just him. Yeah. They have a good, versatile running back core that can all they can they can all catch out of the backfield. If the Lions can't win that matchup with just the two linebackers that they got on the field, they're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to take a, a, a broader view. Um, I think with Carson Wentz, I just think he's he's terrified of getting hurt, and that's why he's he's so skittish uh, under pressure because it's just it's sidelined him so many times and cost him so much in so many places. I just think that when you get after him, you can get in his head. You can truly get in his head and, and cause him um, to fail. But that being said. I think this game is a game in which we need the offense to score. We're in that mode where we have to outscore the Washington commodes and, and just get that, that uh, scorecard, that clock, the scoreboard rolling like a gas pump these days. Uh, just get the, get the points of popping because I'm not sure the defense is going to be able it'll, I think we'll get a couple of stops, um, but I wouldn't rely on it. We just have to score, 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 score. When we get the ball, no three and outs, the more three and outs, the less chance we have to win, period. End of story. And uh, I think that offense has to execute this week. And if they do, we'll have a great chance. And to win the it game. should be easier sledding against Washington than it was against Philadelphia. I, mm-hmm. like, again, Washington's front, front four, front, whatever they're running is good. Linebackers, not so much. William Jackson's a volatile player. Um, he can be good. He can be a problem. Um, he can also not play well. Mm-hmm. Cameron curls, same kind of way. It, like their secondary isn't anywhere close to as good um, or reliable as what Philadelphia's is. So you're going to be able, I think you're going to see more out of TJ Hawkinson. I think you're going to see more out of uh, Josh Reynolds actually is probably the, the, the guy who's going to benefit from the most from the lack of the relative lack of depth that Washington has in secondary. Yeah. I think Jared Goff is smart enough to understand where his positive matchups are. I think you saw some of that against Philadelphia. 
they didn't attack Slay very much. They yeah. went elsewhere. Yeah. And I, I think I think some of that's game plan. I think Ben Johnson's a smart coach. He will design things. And I think you will see this is where having a third and fourth wide receiver who are capable rather than guys who should be on, you know, not even on practice squads, which we did last year. I think this is where this is going to show up. And this, this is a game where I do think the Lions offense can outscore what their defense is going to give up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, good question. Really quick. I'm going to try something really quick just because I want to see if I can make it work here. Let's see if this will, this will go. Are you pooping? You've had enough of that shit. What? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I can get that to work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just, I just had to try something on the fly. Sorry. Um, we got that. There's a good question here from David Woodkirk. Has Austin Bryant really turned a corner as he been, or has he been playing above his talent? I think he's just healthy he seems always like a super athletic cat who had so much to offer and that's why he stuck around that's why he was always there he just couldn't stay healthy i'm loving what i'm seeing i loved what i saw in in the preseason out of him and and what i saw against philadelphia i'm like oh this is he i would expect a lot more rust on him just from his lack of actual game time play but he he's he looked pretty smooth i was impressed with austin bryant i'm happy that to see that he might be able to, to turn into something, just stay healthy, man. Anything on him? Fully with you on that. I got nothing to add on that. You're, you're dead on. All right. Amazon at Detroit Lions podcast.com. Hit that. Also, don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button. Please let folks know that you think we're all right. It's free. It's cheap. It's easy. And you don't have to buy anything and you just click it while you're there. Anyway, you know, you're hanging out and we appreciate it. Helps us out and helps people find us. With that, Riz, I think we're going to call it a show. A uh, couple of couple of things coming up. Um, no game preview this week. We didn't have one last week. My son had the flu. I had to race out and pick him up and bring it back. And then I was sick and it was just a wreck. We would do it this week, but I got my anniversary, like I said. So we're going to a resort. My wife and I get some time away and relax. Um, we'll Enjoy. Be, we'll be back with the post-game show on Sunday. Loved it. It was so much fun. Loved you guys' calls. Join us. It's We're going live right after. You won't miss the post-game uh, press conference either. We pull that into the show. It's a really good time. It's a great show. You guys, good time to get that post-game therapy or celebration in as needed. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You get access to our Slack chat, which is literally no jokes, the most intelligent lions chat on the internet. You're not going to find it on any of the other message boards, anybody or any group this smart or supportive, or even if you disagree, they treat you with respect. Uh, little as $5 a month in the, in the Patreon gets you a access to that Slack chat. It's a, it's a good time. We got a couple other benefits coming out. We're thinking of for folks there as well. Also follow us on Twitter at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled out right there and at D E T lions podcast at D-E-T Lions Podcast. We're always running around. I just had this feeling of like uh, I was going to be walking around without any pants on. That's right. RCB Sports and Gaming, thank you for the subscribing. Appreciate you, brother or sister or brother and sister. Whatever. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, if you want, become a member. It's a great way to support the show on a regular basis. And you'll get access to the Slack as well. Um, just hit the membership. Let us know. We'll get you access, and uh, you're good to go. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why, Riz? I can come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. Where else are you going to hear this kind of beautiful voices, great insights, and face it? just hammeringly gorgeous faces thank you for tuning in we're gonna see you next time on the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs no problems because we are your detroit lions connection 
Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.